All right, welcome into the Hardwick Life Podcast. I'm your host, Nick Hardwick. This episode of the show is brought to you by Lofta, a company founded in 2017 based out of San Diego with a goal to educate the undiagnosed on the importance of identifying and treating obstructive sleep apnea, of which I have been diagnosed of having a mild case. They do, this is their mission, and they do a very great job of making it easy, convenient, and affordable to treat sleep apnea. They do at-home sleep studies. They have an online store. They got sleep coaching, of which I just did my coaching with Daniel yesterday. Uh, He reviewed all my data. He's able to have access to that through an app, and it's really cool. And he's able to talk me through it and help me through. And... I think it's been tremendous. Uh, It took me a little while, to be honest, to get used to sleeping with a mask on. I went from full face to nose, which was a little bit more comfortable. And then I had like a clogged nose for a little bit. And then I actually went back to the mask, the full face, and it just like blew open my sinuses. And it was like, oh my God, I can sleep. This is tremendous. So now I'm like kind of hooked to having the mask on and getting really good sleep. And to be really honest, what I've been doing is like I go to sleep with it and then sometime in the middle of the night, I probably wake up at about two or three in the morning, go to the bathroom, take the mask off, and then I leave it off for the rest of the night, which my sleep coach Daniel said, hey, that's totally normal to do. Just do what you can do right now and then get used to it and it's not worth having anxiety about, which I completely agree. Sleep anxiety is like the worst kind when you're dreading going to bed at night goodness gracious, you're not in a good place. So if you think you may be suffering through a little bit of sleep apnea or you wake up tired, you're groggy, you're snoring, uh, maybe your partner observes you like waking yourself up at night. Yeah. Maybe you should give uh, Lofta a call or you can go online at lofta.com. Use the code hardwick50. So I hate to say some of you guys missed out on, we were giving completely free sleep test, which are really cool. They send them to your house it's not, it, it in no way affected my sleep that night. It's just like you put a little sticker on your chest, you have a heart rate monitor on and somehow they detect your snoring and where you're laying on your side or your back and the movements that you make. And it's a really great first step. They just send it to your house. So unfortunately, some of you aren't going to get the $190 free because there were too many people that took me up on the initial offer. It's like, it's kind of get it's getting crazy for them. So, which is a good problem. I'm really happy that people are taking me up on this offer. However, it's still half off of 190 bucks, which is like, they're giving you a free $95. They'll send it to your house. I mean, the whole process from being tested to talking to a physician and then maybe getting your unit to your house, like less than a week, you'll be up and running in like less than seven days. You'll be sleeping better in less than two weeks. So really hope that you take me up on this offer. Lofta.com, they're really tremendous. Got a great support staff and everything's super seamless. So use the code HARDWICK50. You can give them a call. That's 800-698-8000, 800-698-8000. Or you can just go to Lofta.com and use the code HARDWICK50 for 50% off of your sleep test. All right, guys, here we go. Dr. Spencer Nadolski, what's going on, brother? Hey, always glad to be on your podcast, hanging out. Man. Yeah, I think you you may be the first third time guest, except ja- except Jamie. You know, she count. She not really. She comes in and 
she spices it up and keeps me honest. She's a host. Yeah, <laughs> she. Yeah, more or less, she is. I was like, "Hey, Spencer's coming on tomorrow. You got any questions?" She just hammered out like thirty questions for me. I was like, "Good, yeah, Be- yeah, exactly." And we're. I wanted to reach out to you because I'm hearing more about these GLP one medicines, and I'm starting to see like just people around us that are taking them. I just want to know more. I want to know like what they are, who they're for, uh, any risk, you know, all the things, but I know you got a ton going on and it seems like really every time I talk to you, you got another business that you fired up, (laughs) which you've got a lot of energy. You've got a lot of energy. May mean another business failed. (laughs) No, that's not true. Not failures, but you know, something a little bit better here and there. Yeah. So, uh, well, I think, I think what you continually search for, it seems to me, this is what I do. So maybe I'm putting this on you is ways to more positively affect people and, and have a greater impact for what their goals are. So tell us about sequence. Yeah. So it kind of goes along with the whole GLP one thing. So these, uh, I call them Google engineers. They always laugh. I'm like these brilliant Google engineers. We is a, is a high dosed GLP one agonist semaglutide originally in the form of Ozempic, which people may have heard of that's all yes. over the, the news seeing commercials all over that. Yeah. Uh, oh, oh, Ozempic. Yeah. That's a great commercial by the way. So that was out in 2017, this Ozempic stuff, semaglutide for type 2 diabetes. And I'll go into how these GLP ones work, but it was 2021. We was, uh, was approved FDA. It's the same stuff. It's semaglutide, but higher dose, 2.4 milligrams of semaglutide approved specifically for obesity, obesity, you know, in their definition, which isn't the greatest, but a 30 BMI and above, which I'm pretty sure you might qualify as a big boy i'm sure i do yeah despite being very muscular um or a 27 bmi uh plus what we call comorbidities so anything related to uh weight higher blood pressure blood sugars you could even count arthritis in the knees osteoarthritis specifically sleep apnea that type of thing obstructive sleep apnea okay so so i qualify there too there we yeah, go. so you, you're good. We're, let's let's get you all shot up with this medicine. <laughs> this this was approved in 2021. These Google engineer guys found me on Twitter, the tweeters, which is amazing because like I don't know, I have like I don't know 40 some thousand followers on Twitter, but it's it's I only go there to kind of like hang out with other like doctors and researchers. But I do right. I've, I've a massive following because I also use that to like screenshot and then i put it on my instagram it's it's kind of funny how it worked anyway these people found me on twitter and said do you think we could do a startup where we do an online obesity uh, care program uh online and i said i've always wanted to do this there's a lot of red tape because it's telemedicine but this is also right around the telemedicine boom because of covid so i said yes it's absolutely possible in fact these newer medicines these glp1 medicines are extremely safe and probably the best like they can be implemented via the internet whereas like other drugs they got the more interactions and side effects and things like that where you know maybe online isn't the greatest place to do it but like you can do it it's just it would take more uh supervision these glp1 medicines um are, are a much safer 
alternative. So I said, yes, let's do it. So they um, started this, founded this company and uh, we called it Sequence and I'm their medical directors. And I also do a lot of their social media and stuff like that. But the idea was getting, being an affordable, comprehensive, holistic, like all, all inclusive uh, obesity program online. There's a lot of stigma about obesity. People don't, you know, they go to their doctors and they say, Hey, I want to lose weight. And they're like, Hey, maybe you should eat less, move more. They don't say that exactly, but they should say they go probably should diet and exercise. And the person sitting there going, well, I've been doing that for 15 years, keto, vegan, plant-based, whatever, Mediterranean, South beach, paleo, did them all, did them all. And have hired coaches in the past, you know, and, and have not had success. So like, you're not being very helpful doctor. So now, you know, we have a, an online program that does all the dietitian and we have dietitians and fitness coaches and workout programs, but now we add in the ability to get people this um, medicine. So, and so it, it's taken off. Uh, we've only been out for a little bit more than a year now, but we, you know, went from me just being the only clinician to now, I don't know how many dozens of clinicians we have with lots wow. of patients. The, the biggest issue is, and we can get into this is really insurance coverage for the medicine because otherwise they're like a grand for, for these, um, medicines. So, um, that's, and here's the, here, I guess here would be a question that I have about the insurance. And I know if, if you don't get covered, then it can be really costly. Is it possible to get the medicine and be say off of the qualifications for it? So not 27 BMI with a comorbidity or not 30 BMI, and still go to somebody who's willing to prescribe you semaglutide and say, I know you don't qualify. However, if you're willing to pay, we'll give it to you. Is that a, a real thing? So we don't do that. Of course, we, we, there, there's multiple reasons not to do that, but there are many doctors out there doing that. Yes. Why would you, why would you not do that? Well, the issue is, so there, these medicines do, they have effects. So that means they could have side effects and I don't want to overplay the side effects because it is, you know, when you look at obesity and it's, you know, it's approved for type two diabetes as well. The, you always look at a, a risk benefit for most things in life. You look at risk benefit first, right. for especially in medicine, you know, our first principle is first do no harm, you know? So physicians that are doing this, you know, the, the benefit of losing some vanity weight and, and people may not understand what vanity weight is, but like, imagine you're kind of within some weight that's not technically in the obesity range. You might be a little bit overweight, you know, above 25 BMI with some ex extra adipose, excess adipose that you, that you want to lose, but you help from a health standpoint, metabolically immaculate, you you're relatively weight stable. Maybe you gained a few extra pounds after college, but you're very healthy. You're, you're fit and no orthopedic issues, nothing related to weight. And you just want to lose 10 to, you know, five to 10, maybe 15 pounds. Right. That will have zero impact on your metabolic health or anything like that. So blood sugars won't change. Um, blood pressure is already fine. All these different things. So the issue is the medicine will absolutely help you lose that weight and people listening going, Oh, okay. So what's the con here? <laughs> Tell me more. Tell me more. The, <laughs> so, and so I, like the issue is 
if you come off the medicine, it's very likely most will start regaining that weight. Will they regain all of it back? I can't say for sure. Likely, I, I would say likely most of the weight back. So unless you're willing to stay on it longer term, I would advise you not to do it. So a lot, I know a lot of people are using it for like wedding seasons coming. I want to fit in this dress and uh, you know, I don't want to discriminate towards women. It's just, that's just tends to be what we, what we see on more vanity weight. Right. It's, that's, that's what it, that's in my anecdotal experience. That's the people that I hear that are getting on it. It's not wedding people, but you know, mid to late forties, they've been holding on to 15 excess pounds that they don't want to, but they're really healthy. And then you, the next time you see them three months later, you're like, what happened? You know, where'd it go? Where, where'd you go? So, so the issue is it's just like any other way you'd lose weight. So they could do keto or whatever, you know, quick weight loss thing. The, once they stop doing that, they regain the weight. Now the issue is you get into this kind of weight cycling issue. Now for those with obesity, the benefits, you know, they're, they're meant to take this stuff kind of chronically and we can get into that and what that means. Cause it's expensive, blah, 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 blah. But and staying on a medicine long-term doesn't seem great, but it, it would be like if you have high blood pressure, you take a blood pressure medicine because you you tried all the lifestyle things. You did the DASH diet, whatever diet you want. You're exercising. Your, your blood pressure is still a little bit elevated, so the doctor gives you a medicine to bring it down so you don't have a stroke or a heart attack. And it would be like taking them off that medicine once their blood pressure normalizes with the medicine. Then the, obviously your blood pressure will start going back up. So with those with obesity, you go go on these medicines chronically, and then you know it, people get down to a weight they feel comfortable, and then they it would be like stopping the medicine. Now, I will say I try to get people on the lowest effective dose for them because there will be people that might be able to wean off. It's a small subset of people, but um, I think there are some people that would be able to. But many people, because of the appetite dysregulation that can happen in obesity. They need a little something to keep that appetite at bay that uh, helps them do the things they do. So if you are looking for just vanity weight loss, you lose the weight, you come off of it, you regain the weight. The, the risk is you lose muscle during that time. You regain the weight, you regain more, maybe more of a ratio of adipose to muscle you don't just you may not just go back to what you were before you may change that ratio and so you may go well then i'll just go back on the medicine whenever i need it but then you start shifting this ratio you start losing more muscle instead of fat and then you and then you regain more fat than the muscle and you start changing your composition unfavorably the more you weight cycle and this can you know some people may not care about that like shut up dr spencer i don't care fit me in this whatever <laughs> size pants uh, i'm just telling you from a functional and met so metabolically muscle is very important functionally meta uh, muscle is very important and over time you, you you may risk losing bone which um very uh, big uh, portion of of mortality morbidity is is breaking a hip breaking a you know any types of bones in your body so anyway that's those, those are the risks. I, I, the, the other thing is that people will say is like, you're taking these away from those who need it. In an ideal world, we would just have this stuff like just so abundant that there wouldn't be uh, shortages. Now, the, 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 the reality is, is that we're just, we're not there yet. They're, they're ramping up um, manufacturing. I, you know, in the future, it's just, it would take a doctor that 
doesn't really care about FDA guidelines and, and, right. uh, and they're already there. They're doing it right now. I see, I see it all the time and I, I wouldn't personally do it, but, um, I see it. Oh, I'm sure it, the weight loss clinic down the road that's in the strip mall, that's, you know, that's, that's happening <laughs> on a, on a regular basis. You had a post recently about that muscle loss as you're losing weight and kind of the risk of that. Do you, and I'm not going to put you out there because I know you said you were looking for more studies and a little bit more research to support it, but you think as much as perhaps 30% of weight loss comes from lean tissue loss. Yeah. When, when you lose weight, it doesn't matter what type of way you do it via some calorie deficit. If you are not lifting weights and I, I throw protein in there as well, but lifting weights is the real, is the real winner there when it comes to retaining your muscle and lean body mass. If you're not doing that 30% of your, of the weight you lose is lean, uh, which can be a lot. And, and the thing is most people didn't think of it before. And so they think these medicines might be specifically catabolic to muscle, but it's like, no, we just haven't seen this amount of weight loss from any type of non-surgical uh, method on average. So um, I am trying to get some studies done here because I think it's extremely important that we show that this lean mass loss can be minimized. I will say that um, you know, it's, I assume it can minimize it. You know, it's possible that, Hey, there's nothing that's going to stop that uh, loss. But I, I, I think I have a feeling with a good structured resistance training program and sufficient amount of protein, you can minimize that muscle loss. All right. Talk to me about the mechanisms of it because of GL, the GLP ones. Cause I know we touched on it a little bit last time, how does it work? Like what allows people to eat less? Because then I have a follow-up question about the protein for, and then maybe something for some of those uh, vanity weight folks that, you know, want to get that extra weight off and maybe another risk. I'll, I'll throw that out at you, but go ahead. So they're, they're first designed for type two diabetes. And the reason is, is because these are, these are called incretins. Um, there's a few different incretins out there, but the, it was like in the 1950s or, or so where they injected uh, glucose into the veins versus had people drink glucose. And I personally would think if you injected glucose into the veins, your your insulin levels would spike up much more than if you drank it. It would be a slower process. Well, they found that there was more insulin produced when they drank it and they called it incretin because it's the intestinal secretion of insulin, they called it. Kind of interesting stuff. Well, then you know, whatever it was, the 1980s, they, they they started finding the different types of incretins. And one of them was the GLP-1, uh, glucagon-like peptide 1. And they found this is something that does help your pancreas release more insulin, which can help obviously bring blood sugars down, blocks a hormone called glucagon. Glucagon's a hormone that brings blood sugars up by helping your, your liver release uh, the blood sugar or sugar glucose into your blood. And then it also slows down gastric emptying. And then an added benefit was people lose weight. It has such a little bit of an appetite effect. So on top of those uh, acute changes in um, your blood sugar, overall, you start losing weight, which can also help with insulin resistance and that type of thing. So initially, these were approved in 2005. This first medicine called Bayetta was the brand name. Exenatide was the um, was the, the generic name. You had to inject it twice, twice a day, not, you know, 
not ideal, but it worked. Then shortly after that, liraglutide came out, which is the generic name for Victoza, people may have heard of. That was a once-a-day injection. Eventually, you know, over the years, there was dulaglutide, which is trulicity, but then uh, ozempic, which is what we talked about in 2017, mm -hmm. is semaglutide, kind of the bigger, stronger, um, younger brother of liraglutide. So once a week injection. So they started looking at this for obesity because they're like, wow, people are losing weight. The mechanism is there's a, there's these GLP-1 receptors in the brain uh, that have to do with satiety and weight loss. And they found that you crank up the dose and you get things, you get the, these types that aren't uh, broken down as easily. Uh, these GLP-1 agonists that aren't broken down as, as easily. Our own endogenous GLP-1 gets broken down and degraded very quickly. Hey guys, pardon the interruption here. Just wanted to let you know that if you are interested in finding your fitness, finding your health, perhaps losing some weight, I am very good at doing that. I don't like to promote it. I don't like to tell people how great I am at something, but I am pretty good at helping people lose weight in a very safe, efficient, and effective manner. And I've helped hundreds of clients over the last several years. It's my passion. I wake up every morning thinking about it. I go to bed every night thinking about it. I don't really take vacations from thinking about it because it's just what I love. I love the body. I love how it works. And I love staying up to date on current research and science and all the fun things. So, and answering questions, myth busting a lot, and really putting you into a plan to help develop the habits that are going to put you on autopilot for a healthy life for the rest of your life. So we really want to build those habits strong and give you something that you can repeat as frequently as possible. And that way you will effortlessly attain a healthy body that performs well, that feels well, and that at the end of the day looks reasonably well. But first off, we want to perform well, we want to feel well, and then we want to look well. All right, guys. Uh, so if you have any questions, if you want any help, if you want a consultation, trainlikealignment.com. That's trainlikealignment.com. Fill out the form and I will get back to you as soon as I can and we'll set up a time to have a little conversation. All right. Thank you much. Back to the show. Uh, within minutes. Um, so then they had to find ways to adjust the this uh, peptide to where our body doesn't break it down. It can last longer and affects our appetite in different ways. So in the gist of it is it helps regulate appetite, not only satiety. I think the, the, the real key here is not just satiety, but also reward like behaviors and cravings. So uh, to describe that, it's like you're full, you just had a big chicken and vegetable and brown rice. It's like a bro, a bro meal, but like you, you're like trying to eat healthy and you're like, I just ate like a good amount of food and you're like, I'm full and I feel satiated, but for some reason I want to go eat cookies or chips or pie, whatever, mm -hmm. whatever that's like super high, yummy calorie foods. You're full though. And you're, you're satiated, but for some reason you want that. That's like, that's the reward system and, and the cravings. These medicines just obliterate that as well. So people that, when you tell people, why, don't, why can't you just get in a calorie deficit? And they're like, I know what to eat. It's the, <laughs> this, this food, they call it the food noise. Um, it's like little, this signal just telling you, go eat that, eat that. And then you can only ignore it for so long. People that work in, um, that are listening, that might work in a, you know, some sort of office space. And I always talk, talk about Donut Dan. Donut Dan brings in the donuts for everybody in the break room. 
Thanks, Dan. Thanks, Dan. Cookie Carol, whoever. <laughs> and they, they they bring in this food, and you're you're trying to die. you're you're like I'm trying to eat well. I'm trying to lose this, you know, 20, 30 pounds, whatever it is, and and you just you can do it for a few weeks, maybe a few months, but eventually those those signals start bothering you. You get stressed, something, and just you you can't stop yourself from eating it. You take one of these medicines, and all of a sudden you can take it or leave it. It's it's bizarre. You still enjoy the food when you eat it, but you don't have this strong drive to eat it. And that's what a, a pretty much all my patients talk about. You seem to have regained the choice where where there's a there's a point almost where, and I know some people won't believe it if they've never experienced it or they've never worked with anybody who's like, I don't know what happens. It's like there's almost a non-choice there where it's like being compelled to the cookies or I thought this was really interesting and I highly encourage everybody to go back through your Instagram and listen to the live that you did with one of your dietitians. I thought it was amazing because yeah, because athlete in the fitness world became a registered dietitian knows everything there is to know, but couldn't stop herself from stopping at McDonald's on the drive home. She knows all the tricks, all the tools, every technique that you could have yet there she was in a McDonald's drive-thru, she said, I thought this was super interesting. She put her, her purse in her trunk of her car to make it more inconvenient to stop at that McDonald's. So people, I think a lot of people lack empathy with that, with that. It's, it's something I don't understand. I have sympathy to, I don't have empathy to, because I've never felt anything like that, but it's, it's real. And obviously you've dealt with probably thousands of people who have that they all describe that so it's really frustrating to see people go i don't understand it's just a choice i mean and i i understand the ignorant like if you've never felt it i've never dealt with a lot of people i understand the ignorance but then after like hearing these people describe that it's it's like really lacking empathy to go like that doesn't make sense you're just you 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 lack willpower or discipline it's like right i don't know if if you ever had like an itch so bad that you're like okay, just ignore it. Like just ignore it. Yes. Some people can, but if it just, if it's there all day long, imagine that. And you're just finally like, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta scratch that. Yeah. It's kind of the same, same kind of thing. Um, and if the thing is, if you're not surrounded by that food, cause that's, so that's the big thing. We're in this environment where we're surrounded by it. We got donut dance and cookie carols. We got fast food, uh, all over the place where it's messaging everywhere you turn. Every TV, every phone, every computer, you every you got messaging coming at you from every different angle. And we conveniently probably have fifty to a hundred thousand calories stored in our fridge and pantry, like seventeen steps away from here. We're we're the modern society's just not really set up for a healthy body. No, and I you know, I got my shawarma on speed dial once I move. I'm I can't get it here, but uh, I will I will flick my thumb a few times and get some shawarma to my door in 20 minutes. So, <laughs> that's awesome. This one thing that I when you were talking through like and we were just having the little conversation of people who don't empathize or sympathize with it is I remember once I took Jamie on a sailboat in San Diego. She's like, "Ah, a little nervous. I get seasick." And then she was, she actually did get seasick laying on the back of the sailboat. And I was like, Hey, 
you just got to get over it. You just got to, your mind's got to get over it. And then I got seasick the next time we went out, thankfully. And I was like, I'm really sorry about that. That's, that's, I, I greatly apologize. It's a miserable experience. You can't do it. You can't do anything about it. She's going to throw you overboard. <laughs> She's like, shut up. You're an idiot. Oh, all right. So when it comes to, decreased appetite or appetite suppression with the GLP ones. Is it, and I, and I know your high protein resistance training, let's get the lifestyle working along with the medication. I know that's all it's, you're super comprehensive. Is it something where with the protein they're like, but I'm just not hungry. Like, do we have, do you have to go, Hey, we need to schedule out some protein moments here. So we're not losing all your muscle mass. That's a big problem. Uh, we, we have to, yeah. So sometimes like I'm just not able to get in whatever. And that's where protein shakes, anything that's just like the, the opposite of what we usually do is something because they're getting so satiated. It's like something just, you got to get something in that's not going to make you want to throw up type of thing because you're so right. satiated from this medicine. So yeah, that is, that is an issue. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's super interesting. And then I guess it brings me to kind of the vanity weight people who may just go to the strip mall and get on the thousand uh, dollar per month semaglutide and, and just figure it out that way. When I was hearing about it at first, I was like, wow, that's all right. Sure. I mean, do what you got to do. Like, I'm not going to not here to judge, but I guess my first, my first thought was if you're at a really healthy metabolic place, like if you've done all your panels and everything looks really good and you're just holding on to a little fluff that maybe you didn't want to hold on to, that's like being super stubborn and doesn't seem to matter what you do. You can't get it off. Okay. You'll get on the semaglutide or any other of the medicines that would be prescribed. And now your appetite is really suppressed. You've dropped the 20 pounds is deficiencies a concern like a micronutrient deficiency getting enough of not just protein but enough of everything fibers vitamins minerals all the things yeah yeah that's a that's always a concern we we have a, uh, our members um our patients take like a multivitamin because yeah once you start getting lower and lower in calories you do worry about micronutrient uh deficiencies so yeah that's that's absolutely something people should be aware of Gotcha. I like that. Yeah, that's, and I know you're not a big supplement guy, but when you get into a pretty big dif deficiency, you got to boost it up a little bit, just like the same way that you would say, Hey, you got to get on a protein supplement. Yeah, yes, yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's so from a, from a supplement standpoint, the, when people aren't getting it from food, that's where you supplement. So that's, I think that's reasonable. Awesome. awesome. Can patients with any pre-existing conditions, not comorbidities but like cancer can you safely be on this as well yeah technically we you know for cancer patients you want to be careful not to make them go underweight but if they have obesity you know and they have cancer you know if they're being treated for it some i, I have oncologists clear their patients it's one of those things where you just you gotta be careful because you you worry about people losing too much weight during cancer. But sometimes if you're treating their obesity and type two diabetes, it's reasonable to to be on these medicines. The, the there are even people with like inflammatory bowel diseases, uh, Crohn's, ulcerative colitis, who are like, "Am I allowed to take this? Because I know it has GI effects." Yes, and in fact, I've had lots of patients with those that are like, "Holy cow, this like 
took care of my my GI symptoms, which is it's bizarre. I, and I think there's going to be a lot of studies on this ongoing. I'm seeing lots of anecdotes because we have one of the largest like online clinics for this, and we monitor people pretty closely. But um, uh, I think I don't want to be a total shill for these medicines, but they are pretty remarkable in in many ways. What do you think that is? Any hypothesis around it? Just less food consumption overall? Yeah, maybe maybe food consumption. Maybe there's some inflammatory effect. I I don't know. I have no idea. It's wow. it's bizarre. But they're like, wow, this you put put it into remission. I will say some people have like uh, arrhythmias with their heart, and there are GLP one receptors on on the heart and in cer- certain nodes that shoot the electricity through the heart, and some of them have had improvements there. Now I will say they. The, because of those receptors on the heart, some people notice an increase heart rate slightly. It's not, it's, it's rare to have like a really big increase, but the, the average is like a couple beats per minute increase. Um, but some, some people notice improvements there. I, bizarre stuff. I know, and I'm not going to keep you much longer. I got two things kind of, or one thing really is so I know there's some celebrity folks out there like Jillian Michaels that are like, this is bad. Don't get on this stuff, you know, or, okay. And I, I, I would imagine some people think it's like cheating, you know, it, are there stigmas in the fitness space about these medicines and are, do you have to fight those when people come in or what are some things that you have to contend with when people come to you? Yeah, it's, it's really, the, so the patient's, generally don't have the stigma against themselves some of them do they're like no i just need to you know put my head down and start going i have there's patients that i've been seeing since residency for like 10 years where they're like no i just i just got to get disciplined i'm like yeah you know i'm not trying to be a jerk but it's just it's not going to happen for them i don't say that to them but like they're it's just not going to happen unless they get surgery or medicine they've been going for 10 years and however many years before they met me there and they want to lose the weight and keep it off. So some of them have their own kind of stigmas, but for the most part, it's kind of the fitness world where, and you see some of these people that actually did have obesity and they, they used fitness and really dialed in. Some of them can be, have the most stigma because they're like, if I did it, anybody can do this. And it's like, that's true. It's, it's true that you did a great job, but you gotta, everybody's in a different spot. People have different genetics that, I don't know if different upbringings, different environments, um, you know, it'd be like, it'd be like you saying like, well, I, I made it to the NFL. Like everybody, why can't you, why can't you do it? Why can't you do it? There's outliers in everything. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you see some of that, but it's real. it's a lot of the fitness professional who have no empathy, who have no understanding of obesity. And I, I used to get a little bit upset about it but i now i just see it as more ignorance because i mean i was there when i was younger i didn't understand it i was like i guess they're just kind of lazy and gluttonous people with obesity but i now i understand that's not true that's not at all true (laughs) there there are people that don't care but 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 in general what i always talk about is people go through life passively you know we're just we're born into a certain environment we're not like super health conscious and we just go through passively and eat whatever's there, whatever's tastes good. And we don't really think about it. And if we do think about it and try to fight back by that time, it's like a lot of our biology and environments are still fighting against us that we're just like, well, whatever it's, it's I'll keep fighting. But like we just kind of flow down this 
this river and you can try to fight back upstream and some people are strong enough and they can they can make their way back upstream but um most people are going to float float down the river because it's 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 impossible to keep fighting so um swim against the current it's brutal yeah yeah i'll yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll swim like a rock <laughs> Yeah, and I think guys like you and I are really fortunate to have been into the homes that we were born into where, you know, nutrition and fitness was, I, I can't say fitness and overall health was a great thing in my house, but, you know, we, we well, I had smoking parents, but that's, you know, that was, it, that was the 80s. It's it's different now. It's different now. But, Thanks. but, but, but nutrition, fitness is a bit, was a big deal in our house. Yeah. Yeah. How much of a relief, this is the last one I have for you, that there are medicines available now? Because I, I have to imagine being an MD that's been working with obesity for your whole career, that there are times where you're like, I wish I could give you something because I see like you're doing all the things. You're doing the exercise. You're doing as well as you can on nutrition. There's tons of obstacles. I'm sorry, I can't do much more for you. Yeah, we we had these and other drugs. Can. We had other drugs that were okay. Fentramine is okay. Um, Qsimia is a combination of fentramine and topiramate. That one is around 10, 11% weight loss, which isn't bad, but like some people have side effects from it. Some of the other drugs are more like 5 to 7% weight loss, which is like, that doesn't seem like much. So if you're 200 pounds, you lose like, you know, 10, 15 pounds. Like that doesn't, that doesn't seem right. like that good, right? So- Fentramine and topiramate Qsimia was more like 11%. We start, it's like, that's not bad, you know, 20 some pounds. Okay. If you're 200 pounds, if you're 400 pounds, right. 40 pounds or whatever. Semaglutide is, is 15% and better tolerated than the Qsimia and, and probably has cardiovascular benefit. Now we have a newer one called terzepatide. It's not approved for obesity yet. It's for type 2 diabetes, but... Uh, many people with obesity are using it right now, and that's and the average study is around twenty-one percent. Just, just like we're getting close to bariatric surgery level here. Wow! And there are newer ones in the pipeline that are going to do better than this. The big thing is going to be um, supply and cost. They need to get these costs down. Other countries can get these drugs for you know people can go to the pharmacy and just pick it up even without a prescription. It's a hundred bucks. Hundred bucks, and here's a thousand wow. or twelve hundred bucks. So, I think the revolution will be if we can get more competition. The U.S. has a wonky healthcare system. You know, why are these? Why are these a thousand dollars? They should. They could change the world by making these fit. And they can do it. The fifty to a hundred bucks for a person per month. Imagine the big change that we would see there, especially if you're not just twenty one percent, but we start getting up to thirty or whatever percent um, that's like bariatric surgery level in a pen would be amazing. Do you ever do both in conjunction, recommend bariatric surgery and get on GLP ones? Yeah, that's. So I have patients that do the GLP ones, lose a little bit of weight and they're like, you know, I need more. So they go get bariatric surgery. Then they come back and they say, you know, I lost X, Y, Z. I would like to get back on the, on the medicine. And then they do that. Some people went originally to the bariatric surgery. They see their weight start creeping up and they're like that appetite, the satiety is not there anymore. Boom. They go on the medicine. I have, you know, about 10% of our patients are, are both. Awesome. Uh, last thing, and this isn't, 
I, I know this, you guys have insurance coordinators there who help people navigate that insurance space at sequence. Yeah. So, yeah, the, the issue is we, we do our best to make sure if your insurance will cover it, we'll hopefully get them to do it. Some insurances you had to jump through loopholes and hoops and whatever, some there are 50 to 60% of insurance just straight up won't cover it. Just, they, they refuse despite all our best efforts. So, you know, it's one of those things where that should start improving. The costs still have to come down. Insurances have to start seeing obesity as a disease and they have to start seeing that this is an effective thing to, to reduce healthcare costs down the line. Cause they're a business too. They want to, they want right. to make sure they get <laughs> the whole thing. I mean, this whole thing is ridiculous. If we could just bring it down to 50 to a hundred bucks, straight up cash, you could just cut out insurances anyway, like sc- screw them, you know, what, right. they don't need it. straight cash, homie. Come on. Straight, straight, <laughs> straight cash. It is the medical director of sequence. Find him at join sequence on Instagram or join sequence.com. Dr. Spencer Nadalski. Awesome. Thank you, brother. Thanks, man. Appreciate you.